Milk Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The first evaporated milk, Pet Milk, presents Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Arthur Q. Bryan, Cliff Arquette, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie and directed by Max Hutto with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. These days, babies have a far better chance of growing strong and healthy than babies born a generation or two ago. Steady, normal growth? Today, your baby can be sure of it. Strong, straight bones? Yes, and sound teeth, too. These benefits come naturally to pet milk babies, for in pet milk, your baby gets the combination of milk minerals and vitamin D that enables him to build sound teeth and bones and to make sure steady growth. And do you know something else? It costs less to raise a baby on pet milk because pet milk costs less generally than ordinary bottled milk or any other form of milk. So when your doctor suggests evaporated milk for your baby, get the first evaporated milk. Pet milk, the first food for millions of babies. When a man gets along to a certain age, it's a good idea for him to have his glasses checked occasionally. Otherwise, there comes a day when he goes clumping around the house, bumping into things, knocking over the furniture, and making himself and his wife uncomfortable. Like the man who just knocked over the end table there, Mr. McGee of Fibber McGee and Molly. Dad, that is, what's that end table doing there next to the Davenport anyhow, Molly? It's lying on its side right now, dearie. Mm. What's the matter with you today, McGee? You've been groping around the house like the head man in a game of blind man's buff. It's my glasses, Molly. I, I think I, I got my old astigma prism back. Your what? A sprigmatism. You know, when you see something that ain't there clear across the room, when all the time you're looking at it, it would be right in front of you if it was any place, only what it looks like it ain't. That's a pigmastrism. Well, my goodness, when did this happen? Now, it's been coming on. I've got worse this morning. These glasses don't seem to be strong enough for me anymore. They never were very strong. Huh? Every time you step on them, they break all to pieces. I mean, they don't suit my eyes anymore. Everything looks... Hey! Who laid the baseball bat on top of the piano there? What? Huh? That's not a baseball bat. That's your fountain pen. Oh. <laughs> Although it is a ball-pointed pen, so maybe... <laughs> I'll get it, dearie. Come in. Well, good morning, Dr. Gamble. Come right in. Thank you, Molly. Hello, knucklehead. <laughs> Hi, Stuart Seat. Well, come on in. Don't stand out there in the hall, Doc. What? He's right here beside you, McGee. Huh? Oh, over here. <laughs> I couldn't see you, Ducky. Hey, you look pretty good, boy. Lost some weight, didn't you? Give me your hat and overcoat and I'll... McGee? Huh? That's the hall tree you're talking to. <laughs> I thought Doc looked awful skinny. Well, I, I can see a little better now, though. Where are you, Molly? I'm right here, dearie. I thought you were behind me. I am. Well, then who's this in front of me? Me, stupid. <laughs> Oh, hi, Latrivia. I didn't hear you come in. I didn't come in. I mean, Latrivia isn't here. Huh? This is Doc Gamble. Oh. 
the matter with you anyhow, Featherhead? Well, it's his glasses, Doctor. They don't seem to be... Yeah, astigmatism, Doc. <laughs> My old epigmatism is back. <laughs> Sit down and let me recite a few pages of symptoms to you. Oh, that will be peachy. <laughs> I sit in my lonely little office all day listening to people's symptoms, and do you think they ever show any imagination? No, just standard old legitimate symptoms. Mm -hmm. But you, you can dream up pathological variations that the medical books have never even thought of. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Doc. You hear that, Molly? I think that's one of the nicest things you ever said to me, Doctor. <laughs> Here, have a chair. Let me move this one over for you. Oh, that's a new symptom. I can hardly lift this chair. Set it down. That's the piano. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was a chair. <laughs> Here, Doc. Watch out for the lamp. Don't worry. I ain't anywhere near the lamp. I see it. Oh, <laughs> Ain't this ridiculous? I'd have swore that thing was clear across the room. It is now. <laughs> Look, Buster, and I do mean Buster, you better sit down before you wreck the joint. Oh, well, thanks. My gosh, Doc, this is getting awful, you know it. I'm out of focus like a six-bit camera. <laughs> you always were. Look, Bright Eyes, do you know who invented bifocals? Who, Doc? Benjamin Franklin. Oh. And I think that's the very pair he invented. <laughs> have you had those glasses, anyhow? Oh, well, they've been wearing them a few years, Doc. Matter of fact, I don't have to have glasses, anyhow. I don't really need them. Except to see with. And then uh, only when he's awake, Doc. Yeah, I know. Uh, look, Groper. Groper? Yes. You go downtown and get yourself an eye test and have those lenses changed. Yeah? Go see Dr. Proctor in the medical building. <laughs> Tell him I sent you. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> And why did you happen to pick that particular doctor, Doctor? Is he the only one in town who splits fees with you? <laughs> Don't you have lunch with him once a week and discuss business over a bowl of split fee soup? Nobody splits fees with me, and you know it, you insulting little slander slinger. Oh, they don't, eh? No. What does he do, take all of it? You got something on you, so you have to give him all the fees you get? You know, he could be reported, reported for that because the doctor's union is... Oh, very oh maybe. <laughs> now, stop it. My goodness, when Dr. Gamble is well, good enough Well, that's all right, Molly. Just ignore him. Hmm? Take him down to the oculars. And if McGee affects him like he affects me, Dr. Proctor will just put something in his eye and send him home. Yeah, what'll he put in my eye, Doc? Drops? No, knuckles. Oh. So long. <laughs> sweet, McGee. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't treat the doctor very nicely. I ain't supposed to treat him. He's supposed to treat me. <laughs> well, come on. Let's go downtown and see Dr. Proctor. Wait till I run upstairs and put on my face, dearie. Okay. Now, you sit right there because there isn't much furniture left and you'll break up the... Okay, Tootsie. Ah, oh, there goes a good kid. Sticks with me through thick and thin. And when I was thin, before I got so thick, she always... Come in. Oh, come in, kids. Sit down, both of you. I'm not both of us, mister, I betcha. Hmm? I'm just me, little teeny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter? Don't you see good, mister? Don't you, huh? Well, I just suddenly seemed to outgrew my glasses, sis. Sis? 
Been doing a lot of reading lately. Probably wore all the strength out of the lenses. Aww. I'm just a grouper. <laughs> I and Mrs. McGee are going downtown in a minute and see Dr. Proctor. Oh? Mm-hmm. He's a dandy doctor, I betcha. Yeah? We took from him last year. Oh. <laughs> he fixed my eye. It had a Cinderella in it. <laughs> you don't mean Cinderella, sis. You mean a cinder. No. Well, he took it me in the eye with a book. It was Cinderella. Mm. <laughs> he did, eh? Sure, the corner of it hit. Hmm? I says he did, huh? Who did? Willie Toops. Did what? Hit you. Where? In the eye. What with? A book. What book? Cinderella. No, it was Black Beauty. <laughs> Dad read it. You said it was Cinderella. <laughs> I know it. That was on account of a cinder, a cinder, a cinder. It made a better joke that way, you oh, see. That joke. <laughs> hey, you should have seen our school play last night, Mister. It was a Thanksgiving play. Twas, eh? Sure. I wrote it a bit, Boy, was it ever exciting! It opened up with a horrible scream before the curtain even went up. Hmm, that's very good theater. Indians, huh? No, our teacher backed into a hot radiator. <laughs> She got it right in the beginning, huh? No, she got it right in the end. Oh. Well, then the curtain went up, and there were a lot of pilgrims and Indians and people in Santa Claus. Santa Claus in a Thanksgiving play? Why? That was a costume we had left over. Oh, I see. And right in the middle of the stage, there was Willie Toops dressed up like an Indian smoking a piece of pipe. <laughs> pipe of peace. No, piece of pipe he found in the alley and filled it with his daddy's tobacco. Well, it sounds like a very colorful production. Oh, boy, colorful is right. Yeah? Willie turned green and purple from smoking. Yeah. And our teacher turned red from being embarrassed. Yeah. And I was awful blue because it was such a bum play. Yeah. And Mr. Brown, the janitor's gray hair, turned white when he saw how he messed up the auditorium. Boy... <laughs> Was it ever colorful? <laughs> well, this I'm so overwhelmed, I got to go out and get some fresh air. Which way is the front door? I don't see very good today. Aim me at it. Okay. <laughs> it's right out that way. Oh, thanks, sis. When Mrs. McGee comes down, tell her I'm on the porch. Gee, he should have asked me if the front door was open. <laughs> oh well, it is now. The King's Men, and if you feel like singing, sing. If you feel like singing, sing. Ba-la-la, your cares away. There's something about giving out with a song Makes you belong, helps you to find a peace of mindful day. And if you should feel like humming, hum.
where you are or what time it is, whose tune or whose rhyme it is, cause if you feel like singing, sing. Just look in your mirror and do a duet. Start raising your voices aloft. Don't move from your dwelling if your neighbors start yelling. If you can't sing good, sing it soft. it in your throat in the air. Anyone who feels chipper will sing out like a whippoorwill. It must necessarily be any anniversary. It ought to be an McGee. I'm going to him, all right, but I know if I'm going to see him. My gosh, I can hardly see you. This, oh, hi, Eddie. Who were you hollering at? Eddie Gerbel, I think. Was it a tall fellow with a big shock of shaggy yellow hair? No, it was a truck full of hay. <laughs> I wondered why he didn't answer me. Who is Eddie Gerbel? Eddie Gerbel? Well, he's the guy that if you smell leaking gas in your basement, the gas company can't ever locate their troubleshooter, so they send Eddie. <laughs> nice go. To, oh, oh, look, look, I found a half a buck. McGee, don't pick that up. That's a manhole cover. <laughs> well, I better get my stigma prism looked at pretty quick. I'm getting worse, you know. Gee whiz. Well, hello, Molly. Hi, McGee. Well, hello there. Well, Mort, too. Hi, Mort. Hi, boy. <laughs> Say, I'll have to call off our bowling tonight. My eyes have suddenly been took a sprigma plastic. <laughs> well, I'll say they have, pal. In the first place, I'm not more tubes. I'm Wilcox. And in the second place, Gary, that was me you just shook hands with. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Wilcox is over there to your left. Oh, I thought that was a telephone pole. <laughs> well, hi, Milky. What's the matter with your eyes, pal? A pigmatrism. <laughs> suddenly got worse, Junior. Yes, at breakfast this morning, he threw me his napkin and said, Read this to me, baby. <laughs> morning paper gets smaller every day. Oh, hey, this is pretty serious, pal. <laughs> Just how bad is it? Hey, look, can you see that grocery store across the street? You mean the red building with the people looking out of the windows? You're looking at a streetcar, McGee. Oh. <laughs> it means the big white building over there. Dear. Where, where? Face me at it. Right over there, pal, you see? Oh, yeah, I get it. Right past where that kid is sitting on the Airedale. That's a mounted policeman. <laughs> Hey, look, can you see the big pet milk display they have in the window over there, pal? No, I don't believe I see that. The window with a big card that says, be good to your family, be good to yourself. Keep pet milk handy on the pantry shelf. Mm. Where do you see that sign, Mr. Wilcox? Well, I don't see it, but I know it's there because I wrote it. <laughs> I also have one in there that says, if you like good coffee, smooth as silk, just add a bit of rich pet milk. It will cost you less and please you more. So get a case from your grocery store. It's concentrated and homogenized. In its own sealed can, it's sterilized. A cow tries hard, but you've got to confess that pet milk gives you more for less. <laughs> for growing kids and babies, too, for cooking yeah, and yeah. shopping. Hey, and hey, anything hey, you want hey, to use hey, is hey. the best. Hey, 
Milky. Yeah. Milky Milcox, the pet poet of the people. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you ever write any songs, Mr. Wilcox? Well, now what I was in Chautauqua. I did, I, Junior. I wrote a lot of songs with Fred Mitney, which he was the guy that he and I was in vaudeville together, him and me. <laughs> I wrote one song that would have been on the hit parade for ten years if anybody liked it well enough to publish it. Oh, what was the title, dearie? The name of it was Just Follow Your Heart and You Won't Get Lost. And you won't what? Get Lost, Junior. Okay, I can take a hint. So long, Al. So long. <laughs> Wasn't that a little rude, McGee, telling Mr. Wilcox to get lost? Maybe, but it was also very ingenious, I thought. Imagine going back 20 years and remembering the imaginary song just so you could shake a salesman off your coat lapel. <laughs> Why am I... Oh, hi, Harry. How are all the kids? Harry who? Harry Smozzle screams. Wasn't that a fellow with eight or nine kids with him? Didn't you see their heads bobbing up and down? That was a street peddler with a bunch of balloons. <laughs> and here, thank goodness, is the Oculus office. Come on in now. I'll open the door for you, kiddo. Pardon me, madam. Who do you call him, madam? How'd you like to have a poke in the port? <laughs> Sorry, bud. Come on, Molly. Well, I think we're getting here none too soon, dearie. And that must be Dr. Proctor over there. Good day, doctor. He didn't hear you, kiddo. Hey, you with the white coat and the roll of wallpaper. You Dr. Proctor? No, sir, I'm just here to assist the doctor in redux... Oh, well, we'll wait. Uh, sit down, dearie. Glad to. Tell Doc Prop to hurry, will you, bud? I'm Plum Tuckered from Stumbling. Oh, yes, Mr. Tuckered from Stumbling. <laughs> oh, I'm Mr. Freeling from Wheeling. <laughs> and this, I presume, is Mrs. Tuckered? No, I'm Mrs. McGee, Mr. Freewheeling. Well, how do you do? How do you do? You have an interesting first name, Mr. Tuckard. I suppose your mother was a plum. No, my mother was a peach, but let's get to the... He, wants... <laughs> he only wants to have his eyes checked, sir. Well, fine. The check room is right down the hall. Huh? Remember, if they're left here over 30 days, we'll sell them at auction. <laughs> I want somebody to look at my eyes. Very well, sir. I'll be glad to look at your eyes. Oh, you have nice eyes. <laughs> Sort of like a Cocker Spaniel. <laughs> By George, I had a Cocker Spaniel. Never once. mind your Cocker Spaniel. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. He never minded me. Because <laughs> I was about... Look, now, uh, why don't you ask him uh, to read a chart or something? Yeah. All right, read a chart or something, Mr. Tucker. <laughs> that's right, I'm not... Uh, uh, uh. Don't excite yourself, sir. <laughs> Rays of the blood pressure affects the optical capillary. It does? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now then, <laughs> please look at the wall at the end of the room and read the top line on the chart. You read it for him, Molly. I don't see very good. No, you read it. It's your eyes that are being tested. Uh, try the second line, dearie. Okay. P-E-T-M-I-L-K-I-S-B-E-S-T. Hey, where'd you get that chart, bud? A chap named Wilcox gave it to us. Oh. Interesting, isn't yeah. it? Letters 12 inches high like that give people more confidence. <laughs> now, uh, can you read the third line? Sir? And look, if you turned on a little more light in here, don't you think it would help him read? Mr. Reed, the lady is speaking to you. <laughs> oh, I... 
I'm sorry I wasn't. My name ain't Reed. Oh, how stupid of me. Of course it isn't. <laughs> now, let me see. What was your name again? Tuckered? No, McGee. Huh? I was talking to him. Oh, I'm not McGee, madam. You are, remember? <laughs> oh, I am. I'm her husband. But you're Tucker. And so am I. We're Mr. and Mrs. Tucker. From Stumbling. No, from arguing. <laughs> now, go sit down. We'll wait for Dr. Proctor. Yeah. This is the silliest place. Molly, with them eye drops, that optimist put my eyes, I can see worse than ever now. Watch where I'm going, will you? Well, we're nearly home now, dearie. Your new glasses will be ready Friday and... Hey, are you growing, kiddo? You're a head taller than I am all once. No, I'm not. You're walking in the gutter, dearie. <laughs> Come on, get up here on the sidewalk. Oh, look, dearie, look who's sitting on our front steps. Where? the eye doctor. Hi, doctor, eh? I had a secretary once, had kind of a case on an oculus, kid. Fact of the matter is, she took so much time off from work to see this eye doctor that I did, too. You did what? Eye doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, hey, uh, speaking of doctors, kid, Papa was in the medical business. What? Had a medicine show and trained racehorses on the side. Oh, what was his name? Maybe I've seen his production. Her name was Playson, kids. Winfield Playson. Nice name. What did he call his entertainment? The Win Playson Show. <laughs> oh, Nelly. Oh, you said it, Johnny. <laughs> he owed brother for <laughs> Yes, sir. You see, brother had the show originally. Yeah. Sold cheap wops to Daisy Magic Snake Oil. Went broke with it. Why? Seems like nobody wanted to oil a snake. <laughs> uh, didn't get a speck of his money out of it. And speaking of specs, kid... Hey, don't talk about specs to me, old-timer. I don't get my new ones till Friday, and by that time... I, I said specs! What? Did you see anything of mine? Yours? I left them here yesterday, and, uh... Hey, uh... <laughs> Hey, Johnny... You're uh, wearing my glasses. What? Hmm? Oh my gosh, I thought everything looked awful old. Here, let's trade back. This is ridiculous. River and Molly return in a moment. Now, you may not have thought of it in just this way, but when you buy pet milk for your baby, you're also buying peace of mind. How reassuring it is, for example, to be certain that the milk your baby gets is safe. Well, with pet milk, you can be sure, because pet milk, sterilized in its sealed can, is as safe as if there were no germ of disease in the world. How reassuring, too, to know that the milk your baby gets is more readily digestible. And you have that peace of mind when the milk is pet milk, for pet milk is always easy for babies to digest. And wherever you may buy pet milk, you can be sure it's always uniformly rich, always the same good, sweet milk. That means no variation from one feeding to another to cause harmful upsets. And that means peace of mind, too. All this, and yet pet milk, continues to cost less generally than any other form of milk. Hey, Molly, I just got a postcard from Aunt Sarah. Oh, how nice. What'd she say? Says she heard last week I was learning to play the ukulele. Says she always knew I was musical. Well. 
Yeah, she says, every time she thinks of me, it reminds her of the unfinished simp. That's an abbreviation, is it? it? Yeah, she left off the phony. Oh. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. The first evaporated milk, pet milk, brings you Fibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Be with us again next Tuesday night, won't you? Every young wife wants her husband to get ahead, and Sally Carter is no exception. And how Sally maneuvers husband Jim into an exclusive Capital City club is the subject of next Saturday's amusing story of the week on Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor program. Be sure to hear this new chapter in the life of the Carters and get in on the special husband-tested recipe of the week for baked fruit dumplings, a real he-man dessert. Remember, for this big double feature, it's Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor program next Saturday morning. Stay tuned to your NBC station for the latest election returns.